Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. And this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going. Please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to like we're, We don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that and that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome back to We Eat the Fucking Food. My name is Lauren and today we're joined by a very special guest. Today Fiona is on the podcast. Yay! Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. So Fiona and I met um, the last time that I was in PHP and a short thing about Fiona is I knew like from the moment that I saw you that I was going to like you because one, I loved what you would wear. You'd wear like these like cute cozy fits and I was like, yes, girl. And then also anytime we'd process anything, I'd be like, yep, yep. Anything that came out of your mouth, I was like, uh-huh. I was like, that's me too. Me too. And literally anything you said, I was like, this girl gets it. This girl gets it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Obsessed. Yeah, no, literally same with you. Like moment that you came in, I was like, oh, I like this girl. Uh. Love that. We love making friends in treatment. Yay. So Fiona, do you want to kind of like introduce yourself at the podcast, know who you are in your recovery story, along with like your diagnosis and everything? Yes. Um, so I'm Fiona. Um, I'm going to be a junior at Boston College. Um, crazy. Love. And so I would say that my my recovery story started really like almost a year ago. Um, like last July and but I had been like silently struggling with my eating disorder for a really long time before that Mm -hmm. Um, and it really all like came about well I would say that my eating disorder really kind of like manifested in quarantine with just like being home and all that like toxic diet culture like you have all this time to change who you are stuff like that and then it kind of, once I got out of quarantine, it kind of went on the back burner for a little bit. Like it never was like super present. And then I went to college and it was like, okay, in the beginning. Um, And then second semester of my freshman year is when it like really started to kind of pick up and it became more of a present thing in my life. And I just like noticed myself kind of slipping into these like disordered patterns and stuff, but I was in denial about like what it was for so long mm-hmm. um, because, you know, like the whole thing, like you're not sick enough and like all of this type of thing. I was like, I am just, oh, trying to eat healthier, yeah. go to the gym more, all of this stuff. But like, meanwhile, my whole like TikTok page and like my Instagram feed was all like eating disorders, stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. why is this showing up for me? It's got to be some type <laughs> like of sign. Me. Like what? No. Um, <laughs> And then 
I came home from college and that's when it like, I would say got a lot worse just because I was working in a restaurant, like keeping myself super busy as excuses, like not to be eating as much and stuff like that. And then I was really like slipping down that kind of slope, but still really not telling anyone what was going on. Um, I think one for like a way for like my eating disorder to keep going because I didn't want that like accountability. Mm -hmm. My eating disorder didn't want that accountability. Um, But also just because I was like, so I didn't think it was like really real. Um, And then I went to Colorado on a family trip. And this is when it all just like crashed and burned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically Colorado like every year and it's like my favorite trip everything like that and so I was just you know in the normal trip and hiking a lot and just like in the sun and all this stuff and I was like oh I was like noticing how my eating disorder was kind of like using what I loved as like hiking but like sneaking up like on me in that way Mm -hmm. um and then I just like had this moment where I like couldn't really sleep that whole trip and like I was really not eating very much and like all this stuff and I just had this moment like literally on the top of a mountain <laughs> looking at the looking stars out, one like, night like literally, an epiphany and just like, hits you <laughs> exactly like it's kind of crazy and I was like wow I just like burst into tears and I was like wow what am I doing with my life like I can't live like this anymore like I was honestly terrified because I was like this is getting to a point where it's getting scary for me and I'm mm-hmm. I feel so alone in this like I was literally like on the top of the mountain by myself and I was like looking at the stars and I'm, you're like what is like, this life you're like I was like no this is like not the life that I want to live mm-hmm. and so then after that trip I came back and I was I began to kind of tell people what was going on um but like the moment that I came back so one of my best friends she knew like there was something going on with me and like during that trip I was dealing with just a bunch of other stuff and so my eating disorder was definitely like a way to cope with a lot of that too so it was just getting worse and worse but my best friend she just knew something was up and she just asked me like Fiona do you have an eating disorder and I just like burst into tears and I was like wow, this is the first time that I actually could be validated in it and also, Mm -hmm. like, speak about it to, like, my closest friend. Um, And so at that point, it was, like, the point where I was, like, okay, this is where I kind of want to, like, choose recovery, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so then after that, it was kind of, like, a rocky road with me, like, with treatment and stuff but then I officially got diagnosed with anorexia and then like was in and out of treatment for like a period of time and trying to like find my way in it because I was like not liking a lot of the treatment center like I was at this one treatment center that was so awful it was like so invalidating Mm -hmm. they were like uh, I don't actually know if you have an eating disorder, like blah blah blah. And, I was and like, you're like, I'm literally here. I'm literally yeah. here, and I'm, I'm like trying right to recover. Here. And I'm telling you, I have one. I have one. Yeah. yeah. 
I know. And also, like, the thing is, to tell a person who's seeking recovery for an eating disorder, actually, I don't know if you have an eating disorder, just, like, validates your whole entire eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Because and the sick like, enough idea. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me go get more sick for you and then come back. Like, what, yeah. what do you want me to do? Um, so really kind of rough. And then I was like, okay, I found like my outpatient therapist who's awesome and was like really validating was like, okay, we need to get you into like a better place and stuff like that. Cause then I was just kind of recovering like on my own with Mm -hmm. her, but like not super well. And so during this whole time, I was kind of like figuring out if I was going to go back to school and all this stuff. And I really wanted to go back to school. Like the last thing I wanted to do was take a semester off because my first year was so like COVID everything. Mm -hmm. And I'd finally like was looking forward to just being at college in a more normal setting and like being with all my friends and all this stuff. And so then my, like, I was basically like, up until like end of August, I was like, I'm going to school. Like my parents were like, I don't think you should go to school. My psychiatrist were like, you should not go to school. My therapist was like, you should not go to school. But I was like, I'm going. I'm going. To school. I'm, gonna go I'm to going to go to school. I'm I've going been. to go to school. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to school. <laughs> and I had to take the semester off, which was really difficult. I like even after school started, I was like. I think I can still go. Like even it's like, like a week out. You're like, I could do I it. Was like, I can I was catch like, up. Hey, I can do this. I'll just like it's still the drop ad period. Like let me just add all these classes, fly out to Boston. Like yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, well if I'm home, I need to like take advantage of this time and like actually work on myself. And so that's when I found CFB and. <laughs> Ended up going there. I was in um, PHP and for a little bit, and then IOP. I never went to Res. Um, I was in the hospital for like a period of time, and I was like, I don't want to be in like a <laughs> like away from home, like yeah. sleep away type of situation. Um, but yeah. So now. I would say that's like my whole kind of story. I went back to school second semester Yay! and yeah, and I'm doing better than ever. I would yes. Say. We love that. I love seeing your Instagram photos. You are legitimately glowing, like glowing in everything you're posting. Oh, it makes me so happy to that's see so it. Sweet. Yeah. Huh. So we're going to start the episode how we normally do with our little catch up on our highs and lows of the week. Do a little check-in. So Fiona, yes. what was your high of the week? Okay, so my high of the week, I would say, was it was just my birthday. Yay! I know, I saw your post on your story, and I was like, Fiona, it looks like she's having a great day, eating the most yummy foods. Yes, I was. Yes! (laughs) Yeah, and I would say my high of that, like my birthday, was I got these new rollerblades. That's dope. And so I've been rollerblading, like, around town. Is it hard? It is hard, but honestly, easier than I was expecting. I was expecting that I was going to be falling all over and like making a total fool of myself but I'm actually like not terrible so that's been fun yeah nice my head of the week would probably be um I got to do a commercial in Chicago a couple days ago oh my god so much fun yeah I just like went down making a lot of day trips to Chicago which makes me very excited to just like actually move there to not have to be like commuting back and forth but I went down I did a little 
commercial, walked around in the background a little bit, sat at a desk, stood in an elevator. Wow. I was just an extra, look but it's my look at me, but it's like my first time like on a set like that. And I also got to reconnect with one of my friends from like high school who I did high school theater with, and I hadn't seen him in like five years. And he just like happened to be like one of the production assistants on the set. So I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I like know somebody and that like extremely calmed my anxiety around that. Yeah. But yeah, it was really fun and it was a cool oh experience. Gosh. So I'm glad I got to put that under my belt when it comes to my acting credits. And Definitely. Such. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. What was your low of this week? Not to completely <laughs> of this happiness, but like what was your low? <laughs> um I would say my low of this week, overall, it was a really good week, just like birthday celebration, but I'm taking summer classes right now, and I have like three papers I have to write this week, and it's just like the last thing I want to be doing, because it's like beautiful outside, and summer, and I'm just not used to doing school in the summer, so that's probably my low. What's your favorite class you're taking right now? Like, what classes are you taking? Um, So the first half of the summer, I'm taking... Buddhism and Christianity Ooh. and dialogue, which Ooh. is pretty interesting. And then I'm taking an American politics class, which is also, it's been interesting because I was expecting it was going to be very much like, this is the constitution. This is the like federalist paper, stuff like that, which is like what it is, mm-hmm. but it's also very much like applying it to today's world. So nice. like we had to write a discussion about marijuana laws and like Roe v. Wade and stuff like that so that's interesting it's kind of fun nice yeah my low of the week would probably have to be so I talked about on yesterday's episode to the lighthouse one how I got to spend like time with my partner and his family Mm -hmm. this weekend and I've had like so many like great things happening but being honest my like anxiety and my like urges have been at an all-time high this past week and I don't know if it's that like anxiety coming up about like moving or if it's just the summertime I've been our topic today is we're going to be talking about just kind of like the rose colored like glasses with like recovery and everything and I've been feeling that yeah so hard recently summer is so hard Mm -hmm. it really is it really really is because there's like this expectation to be productive in the summer and to like Mm -hmm. go and do things and it's great because like I love going for walks and such but it just like also brings this hyper awareness to like my body and like what I'm doing and that's been a little bit challenging and rough and rocky but what went well in my recovery was I opened up to like my partner about my struggles I kind of had a really rough night <laughs> like last Friday night and he was nothing but supportive and I feel like really lucky to be in the That's relationship awesome. that I'm in because he while he doesn't like get it he is very good at empathizing with yeah That's my awesome. struggles yeah so what went well in recovery for you this week I would say similarly to you I had have definitely been dealing with just being back home and like not like eating with my friends in the dining hall, like for every meal and just Mm -hmm. having more of like having to have that accountability for myself, um, just kind of on my own, like being home, keeping myself busy, stuff like that. I think I've definitely found myself like slipping back down, like into some behaviors or urges. And I think just my high for this week was just my birthday and like kind of not letting my eating disorder control like one more of my birthdays like I'm gonna have cake I'm gonna Hell just yeah, enjoy and be present with my friends and like yes. have that moment so I would say that was my time. Yeah. honestly birthdays in recovery are the best my birthday this past year 
was probably one of my like most favorite days ever in my recovery just because it's like you can appreciate so much more being able to like celebrate and be present and to accept all like the love that you're getting and to like really like feel it versus like I sometimes I feel like birthdays like oh it's just like a birthday and like you get that affection but it's like different when like you actually are starting to feel that like love for yourself and like enjoyment of eating the foods oh yes what a good win what a good good win yes so as I had just mentioned we're going to get into the topics of today's episode which is kind of like the rose-colored glasses that you get from your eating disorder about your eating disorder Mm -hmm. and the struggles of like coming back into old environments where your ED may have lived and thrived but now being in recovery and just kind of like those dialectical feelings I think I just Mm -hmm. said that right but yes so when you think of like your rose-colored glasses in your recovery what's the first thing that like comes to your mind when thinking about it or like have you had any experiences like recently well I would say I mean I think like when you for me when I can kind of like get a taste of that kind of euphoric feeling that I would have gotten when I used a behavior is when I'm like oh wait a second this this is kind of like masking every single like problem that I'm dealing with right now Mm -hmm. and as irrational as eating disorders are they have a way of very much masking the emotions that you might be going through Mm -hmm. and I think when using a behavior like it can really easily just in the moment short term help you to like feel a little better about yourself or feel better about something that's going on obviously long term that really takes a lot of detriments Mm -hmm. but I think with when it comes to like rose-colored glasses also just like for me my issue is just for the longest time I thought I was happier in my eating disorder because recovery was so hard and still is so hard and I think looking back at me, especially because when I was in my eating disorder, I was very functioning. I was doing a lot and I was still hanging out with my friends. My friends really didn't have a like big idea of what was going on with me. And so I look back at like these old photos of myself and I'm like, wow, I look so much better. I look so much happier, like all of this stuff. And I think it's really easy to just look at that and think, wow, life was so much easier back then before I decided to go into recovery and I I don't feel comfortable with myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to how I was feeling, feeling better and getting that sense of like euphoric feeling from my eating disorder. And I think that's like where the rose colored glasses really come in because you're not seeing the issue of like no, I was actually really in a dark place, yeah. not liking myself. Mm-hmm. I was not telling anyone what was going on. I had no like personality really. Like I was just kind of floating there in space and not even being able to enjoy the moments that I'm in. Yeah. And so I think with rose colored glasses, it really just takes away any type of thing that might be bad about your eating disorder and just is like, wow, you were doing so much better. You look so much better. You you should just go back to how you were without taking any notice into like, no, you were really struggling and you were in a much 
worse place than you are now. Yeah. I feel the same way. Whenever I like think about it, sometimes I'll find myself slipping back into thoughts of like romanticizing how I was existing like last summer, or even like the summer before. It's like mm-hmm. I was waking up, I was going on walks. I was like eating so much quote coated healthier. Like yeah. I fit into my clothes like super well. But then anytime I'm like, maybe I should like start to pick up some of those behaviors that I was doing mm-hmm. like in past summers. I'm like, maybe I'll start going for walks more. Maybe I'll start trying to like eat a little bit like differently without remembering who I actually was during those yeah. times. Like how, while I may have been like externally being perceived as like feeling like productive and like looking mm-hmm. really happy, like internally it was like, I was being confined to having to do these things like every single day. It's like, no, in reality, right. Lauren, like you wouldn't allow yourself to drink a smoothie or like go out and get coffee yeah. or like live this life that I'm like living right now in, yeah. in recovery. I wouldn't allow myself to do that even though when I'm looking back at like images or when I'm thinking about my schedule back in the time, I'm like, oh, life was so great then. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. was it? I find myself thinking that a lot where I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I wasn't fully in a relapse. I was just kind of in like a quasi and I'm like, I wasn't, I was functioning. That's like the word that I would like use to like, I was very yeah. much had figured out how to be a functioning um, anorexic. Mm-hmm. And that's like hard when looking back at it because of the fact that like you still were able to do some of the things that I can like still do now. And I wasn't in this, yeah. like it wasn't depriving me of going out with my friends and like getting drinks, but was it making me abuse like alcohol and allowing it to enable me to say like binge or use behaviors. Yeah, it was. So now like kind of trying to like reframe that and like recognize the reality of the situation, I feel like it's like really, really hard because it's, it's not uncommon to say like miss your sick body or to look back at those times. And while in the moment you can be feeling all these like emotions, eating disorders do such a good job. I feel like even they, they mask emotions to begin with, like when you have one, but even after, I feel like it's still masking those emotions that you weren't allowing yourself to feel yeah. at the time. So then you're yeah. like, I wasn't doing that bad, was I? But right. you, know, you ended up in treatment two months later. Right. You were doing pretty bad, actually. Yeah. And just like that point that you were making about productivity, I think is such a big one because that's a huge thing for me. Like, I'm like, oh my God, look at me. I was going to the gym every day. I was eating so like quote unquote healthy, like all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh wow, I could like get back into that rhythm. And like, you know, lots of times I think about my, about it and I'm like, wow, you know, I could try and do all these things in like a healthier way, Mm -hmm. like a healthier way. And I'm like, I could just like, you know, be going to the gym all the time, just kind of not eating these like, unhealthy food stuff like that and I'm like wait a second that's just that's, a I was, I was relapsing. Disorder, yeah legitimately there have been times like so what happened like this past week is I kind of hit a point where I was like realizing I was using still a bunch of like micro behaviors and I've always had like the trouble of being like well it's hard and my um, partner was talking about this too is that like something that may seem like not disordered to do or like a healthier choice for somebody else or completely yeah. normal is actually yeah. like disordered for me so it's like trying to find that balance of that and yeah. realizing that it's such an easy way to like slip back into even like right. bigger behaviors. I feel like it's like the micro ones that are like the rose colored ones of like making those like yes. small decisions. But in reality, it's like those small things 
they add up and they they're little like ashes what they say like start like the fire and right that's just so frustrating and so hard because you're you want to sometimes maybe be living similar like I enjoyed last summer I had so much fun going on like my long walks and like getting Mm -hmm. coffee and stuff but the whole entire time were they rooted in disordered like thoughts and like reasons yes so it's hard to do some of those things now and I think that also goes into like being back at the same places where your eating disorder might have thrived like especially I know being home for me is hard Mm -hmm. because it's like I feel like I get in these like patterns because that's just like what I do and how I exist here and trying to like have a different mentality around doing the same things in the same place in which you know at one point you were doing those things in a disordered way is super like hard to combat right and you just you have like for me in the places that like going back to college and going and then coming back home it's like I had these habits in my eating disorder that like I'm living in the same place I'm practically doing some of the same things like going to class hanging out with friends going to work stuff like that where it's like I could live my life in the same way that I was living my life in my eating disorder kind of almost easily because it's just following the same patterns that I like knew so well Mm -hmm. so I think that's when it gets to be really difficult because it's like how you have to really like reframe those thoughts and think about like wait a second, I want to move towards my recovery. I don't want to slip back into like having to take another semester off of school or having to Mm -hmm. do all those things that I had to do. And also I think like just our culture in general, like the new sort of like, you know, wellness culture, which is in my opinion, just another way for like diet culture to sneak up. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of, romanticizes the idea of like going to the gym every day eating only whole foods eating like a holistic diet for your body like yeah. all this stuff is just like it's, that's, really it's like easy that's an eating so like that's an yeah. eating disorder that's literally right. orthorexia like right, right, right there but yeah, yeah diet culture manipulates it to be wellness culture Continue, yeah sorry. and it's just yeah and it's just so easy for like me to like scroll through my tiktok see all these videos or see people like you know working on themselves being productive going to the gym eating these really healthy foods all this stuff and being like okay I could do that easily but actually for that person maybe they can do that but for me it would just be me falling back into my eating disorder like you were saying like people can do certain things and it not be disordered for them but like Mm -hmm. for us it would just it would be, be disordered. Fun. Yeah. And that's, that's so hard for me because it's like almost like having to recognize and realize that like your life and your relationship with food may never be quote unquote in normal. Like mm-hmm. I, at least personally, like when it comes to like the idea of like full recovery, like I always think just, be, and it's maybe not even just like a me thing, but like, in my opinion, I'm always going to have to like have an awareness about diet culture, having awareness yeah. about like my eating disorder and like how yes. little things, like little, again, like micro behaviors that may be just like a normal choice for somebody to make, like choosing almost like a salad over eating a sandwich for like dinner. Mm-hmm. Like it may be normal for somebody to make that decision. But in my mind, like what is the root of me making that decision? Like right. am I making that decision for wanting to eat this quote unquote diet culture approved healthy food for dinner instead of eating like 
a sandwich, which may have been at one point like scary for me to eat. Like, am I making this decision because I want the salad or am I making this decision because behind all of my thoughts, my eating disorder is still like sitting there forcing me or guiding me towards this disordered choice. Right. And I think that was really difficult for me going back to college because I'm surrounded by people who have, everyone eats differently. So Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by people who are having different eating patterns than I do. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, they might be restricting or, or it might not even be restriction to them, but it's just less, like less food that their body needs, but I need more food. And it's like, if you're sitting at the same table with someone and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're getting this for dinner. And there's all these options at the dining hall. Of course, I'm going to get the safe option, but then it becomes a point where it's like, okay, I can't be comparing myself to all these people because everyone is different. And me choosing the salad or choosing the safe option like every time will just perpetuate my eating disorder Mm -hmm. and in ways that won't really affect someone else yeah eating in college is so weird like Mm -hmm. and especially I feel like to be someone who may have had like not a great relationship with food to then trying to like rediscover a healthier relationship with food in a collegiate setting is so that's so funny I made it sound like so professional but it's so (laughs) weird because like my roommate has a great relationship with food or like she had Mm -hmm. my old roommate has a great relationship with food but like she is the type of person who will wake up at like 10 or 12 and like that's when like her day will start and she won't have her first meal until like one but she's up until like two at night and it's like right me as a person who thrives off of comparison and like Mm -hmm. thrives in like really like I don't trust myself and my food choices all the time. Like, spoiler alert, like, I don't think I can. So I often find myself looking towards the people I'm around and mimicking their Mm -hmm. food choices and mimicking their almost, like, food schedules. But, like, I'm a type of person where, like, I wake up at, like, 8 a.m. Like, Mm -hmm. that's when my day starts. So, like, while Caitlin may have been, like, still sleeping, I may have been, like, a meal and a snack deep in, like, my day already. But that's because, like, we're on different, like, patterns and schedules. But I feel like when you're in a recovery like mindset and trying to like relearn your relationship with food that itself can be almost like triggering it's like yeah everybody and like there's just also not even to mention the disordered eating just like on college campuses like when it comes to like drinking culture and everything Mm -hmm. like college can be a really really hard time in like space recovery and so I'm wondering for you like how did going back to college a place where your eating disorder did at one point thrive affect your recovery Yeah, I think it was definitely really hard at first, especially because I went back to college. I left for college, I think, January 15th. And I think my last day at CFD was like January 12th or something. Oh, wow. So you were like, like, you're like, fresh fresh out of treatment, back into college, like just drop of like accountability, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like I wasn't meeting with a dietitian anymore. I, was kind of supposed to but then I was like never really got into it like with a new one in Boston but I I mean I still had my outpatient therapist so that was definitely helpful in just having that outside support um but I would say it was definitely difficult at first um just dealing with that like sense of comparison and then also being just like having to work around 
my schedule like with food and stuff with all my classes and like the new things that I was doing like I wasn't used to taking these classes at like weird times like if I have a class at 12 I'm not eating lunch at 12 Mm -hmm. and so it's like just finding that new schedule and that new routine and making sure that I'm not slipping back into those old patterns that I was doing like a year ago in college because like the college setting especially just like you said with drinking culture and you know being around young people who diet culture is so like impressionable on Mm -hmm. it, it can be difficult to like kind of keep that recovery mindset like in that space um but luckily for me I have like the best group of friends and who are like they're super supportive and were really awesome like when I came back and in during my whole recovery second semester and so I think at first it was definitely really challenging and there were definitely times where like I felt my eating disorder kind of sneaking back up on me um but then towards the end of the semester and or middle slash end, once I kind of got my groove back mm-hmm. on campus and like kind of testing the waters of like, okay, what foods at the dining hall, like, should I try and like be adventurous with and like all of this stuff and, you know, finding out what type of movement is like good for me and stuff like that. Um, I think after taking that time to like reframe and kind of reclaim what that college setting was for me and Mm -hmm. reinvent the story at my college. Like instead of being a place where my eating disorder thrived, I wanted it to be a place where my recovery thrived and changing that mindset and changing the mindset around comparison, thinking that we all have our own unique journey and like, my food is going to look different than someone else's. And, you know, I don't want my disordered self to keep this hold over me in this setting with my friends. I want to like enjoy the time with my friends and all of that, I think allowed me to kind of just reinvent that place in my mind. And then that's when I really kind of started to find that my own like agency in recovery and become more like experimental and build those new memories outside of my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I feel like reinventing the college, like your college experience hits a super close place with me because I, Mm -hmm. I hadn't been back on campus. So I went to school as a freshman, almost chill, went to school as a sophomore. That's when my eating disorder kind of like that's when my eating disorder manifested and began. Mm -hmm. And then I took a semester off that fall. And then the semester I went back, that's when COVID happened. So I was only there in a extreme denial quasi recovery like stage for about like a month or two. And then Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. And then I hadn't been back to campus since then. So going back to campus for the first time, I was living in the same dorm that I was when I was that sophomore and that and my disorder like came and my room it's the correct way. It was the correct way to set up the room, but it was in the exact same setting like that it was when I lived there freshman year, like the ways mm-hmm. that beds were arranged and everything. And going back to the spaces for the first time, like the dining hall, like different, mm-hmm. um, even like being in a show again and realizing that the last time I'd been in that setting was 
when the disorder was in the most highest like yeah. capacity it was like hard because like i'd be sitting almost going back to like the rose colored glasses thing i'd be sitting like remembering what my life was like then and what my values were and like who i was as a person yeah. and just like how lost i felt that being back on campus as this new person now a i was a fifth year like mm-hmm. it felt so different like the college yeah. didn't feel like the same college that i was at when i was a sophomore in like a positive way i'm not saying that was like a negative yeah kind of different yeah. feeling but it definitely took some adjusting because like say i go to the like more like fast foody part of dining um place on my campus and i'd be thinking i was like i remember coming here like every single like afternoon mm-hmm. with my significant other at the time and like what i'd always get would be like a veggie burger but i wouldn't get a bun and i would have to have like fruit mm-hmm. on the side but like now in the recovery mindset like approaching it being like, well, actually, like, what do I want? Like, I don't have to choose that. Like, I could eat, I could go to the different place. But like, at the previous time, feeling like I, this was the only thing I could eat there. Right. I had like a very like rigid, like regiment, like around the way in which I prepared myself to like eat the food mm-hmm. too. And like sitting there with this new mindset and thinking about those feelings, there's like a grieving process too of like grieving that yeah. like space and what it once meant to you. And how you used to exist in it and it was almost like I didn't recognize myself for such a long time like it felt like I was a freshman again walking around Mm -hmm. my campus because it was such a different place now being in this like recovery mindset when you're in spaces that like you existed and so like back at like college how do you like find yourself coping through the maybe eating disorder thoughts that like came up or those old memories that may be like triggering at times because it can be triggering to go back to the same environment that the eating disorder really, really thrived in? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, I would say that I kind of try to frame it as a challenge almost. Mm -hmm. Like, I can look at my past self and then look at where I am now and how much growth that has happened, like, in that span of time from, like, how lost I was and how kind of, just I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. I was so just like not myself, I mm-hmm. guess. And kind of just viewing it as like I have this opportunity now like with a more recovery-focused mind with like the more, I guess, tools that I've learned and like time of reflection that I've taken like this past semester I have the opportunity to make these moments more fulfilling and not letting my eating disorder ruin one more moment of my life, like one more choice of food that I'm making, one more time going out with my friends. I think it's kind of like just like a fuck you to my eating disorder really helps me because I'm like, okay, if I hear that voice and I'm like, okay, you did the same thing last year when you're at the dining hall, just make the same food that you want to make that like your eating disorder wanted you to make, or just go do this workout that you used to always do type of thing. And then just framing it and being like, actually, no, I have control over my life. My eating disorder doesn't have that control. And just being like, I'm gonna reclaim this moment and make it mine and not my eating disorders. 
really helps me to be like separating myself from my eating disorder and separating my past self from my present self um and just not having that disordered hold over me yeah I feel that I really really feel that it's like the healthy fuck you that you can give Mm -hmm. your eating disorder like in those times is it's it's like a funny conversation like going on in your head where you're like you know that like you have these two decisions that like you can make and that there, I feel like there's always a period like in recovery where obviously it's harder to say like a fuck you to your eating disorder. But yeah. once you reach a point where like that's just like the go-to, it's extremely empowering. And I love yeah. that like period of recovery. Like that's mm-hmm. so, so much fun. What's been the biggest like lesson that your eating disorder has taught you that you were able to bring back to school with you? Um, I think the biggest lesson... I think it goes back to just that moment on the mountains for me when I like was so entrenched in my eating disorder that I didn't really see a way out of it. And that's when I, the moment where I really decided I wanted to choose recovery. I think just the biggest thing is just for me has been sometimes your eating disorder can feel like it's the whole world mm-hmm. and like it takes up so much space in your life, in your brain, like in your relationships and thinking about it, like zooming out and thinking the world is so much bigger than this. Like me being on these mountains, looking at the stars, being like, wow, I the mountain is like 10,000 something feet. Like I am such a small person in this world but like it feels like the world is just crashing down on you when you have an eating disorder and I think I like to think about my life I have so so, such like a long life ahead of me and I have so many times where I'm going to be eating like so many moments I have to live and basically I need to make these necessary steps right now in my life so that I can live a life that's unsuppressed in the future because when you're in these depths of your eating disorder it just takes everything away from you Mm -hmm. and so I think viewing it in a way that life is so much bigger than this and like life is bigger than this eating disorder and that you can really expand your brain and expand like your view on life just Mm -hmm. to kind of I don't know zoom out in a way that it's like I don't want to live the rest of my life like this yeah and I think when you think about it like that for me in my recovery it really helps me to be like okay if I'm if I'm on the mountain right now no one, no one cares about what I look like. No yeah. one cares about Nobody's what type of you food at all. I'm, You're by yeah, yourself. Yeah. Like I'm by myself. This is, I'm living, I'm just existing right now. Like the mountain doesn't care. The stars don't care. I'm just a person and I have this whole life ahead of me and I don't want my eating disorder just to take that away from me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I really relate to that. I feel like that eating disorder is like, at least mine, it like promised me this Mm -hmm. huge big life. I was like, once I'm existing in 
this body that I deem to be attractive. I'm yes. going to get all this attention that I was missing for my life. I'm going to feel so much more fulfilled when in reality it made my life just so like narrow and so short. Like my thoughts all were just like a super straight, like little like stream of yep. conscious and I couldn't expand that and I couldn't yeah. live in this world and have these like realizations and like this awareness and be able to expand like my knowledge and like have this mm-hmm. amount of like gratitude because like all I was thinking about was the way that I looked and when I was yeah. going to get to that point that mm-hmm. the eating disorder and myself deemed to be okay and deemed yeah. to be now I'm finally at this place that I felt like I was working toward because like that's not true there's no yeah. place for you to like reach with that your eating disorder creates all these like false promises and these false hopes and these false yeah. like dreams and these false like thoughts that just aren't true that I feel like that aha moment was like realizing that none of the stuff mattered all Mm -hmm. these promises all these goals none of them in the longevity of your life if you're zooming out in the universe these thoughts were nothing they're like little minuscule ones that aren't serving you a purpose aren't helping you get closer to that goal and that life that we all deserve to live worthy of living even though that at one point maybe the eating disorder was your you thought it was your key or your ticket to be like living that persona and that vibe and energy and existence that you wanted but it isn't right yeah Mm -hmm. which sucks when you like realize that because then it's like you have to like recognize and grieve the amount of your life that like you were thinking Uh, those thoughts and it's like that's frustrating and I think that goes back to also like the rose-colored glasses maybe that's a safety within your recovery is like trying to like not sit in the sadness and the amount of like guilt or shame or embarrassment because it's not something you should feel like guilty or ashamed or embarrassed about but it is like sad to think about the fact that x many years that that like freshman year college experience like my yeah. sophomore freshman year, then can't ever, you can't ever get that back. But that's also yeah. motivating because you're like, I don't ever want to have to like yes. live my life like that again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fiona, oh I love this episode. This Me is such too. a fun little conversation. Yes. Oh, so smart and wise. And I'm so, so happy. So are you. Oh, thanks. All right. So to wrap up this episode, Fiona, what are you going to do to take care of yourself tonight? Going into the weekend. Ooh, to take care of myself tonight, I think I, well, I think I'm going to go get a matcha and I might rollerblade on over there. So yeah. yeah, I love that. I honestly, when you were talking about rollerblading, I was talking to Kyle about rollerblading and I was like, I kind of want to learn how to rollerblade. Yeah. Like, I keep trying to get him to go to like an indoor skating rink with me because there's one in like a couple towns over because I think it'd be so much fun but I also know that I overestimate my ability to do things so I don't know if my skills from like fifth grade gym class when we used to rollerblade (laughs) would come back but that's so fun I love matchas I this weekend what I'm gonna do to take care of myself is I'm gonna go rock climbing (gasps) yeah I'm gonna go to gym like I had talked about how that was like a thing I was getting into and Mm -hmm. we're gonna go do that tomorrow and go to the farmer's market even though it's gonna be like a rainy weekend where like I'm at I'm excited to spend some quality time with my partner and yeah that'll be a fun time yay well again Fiona thank you so much for coming on to this episode of we eat the fucking food
Thank you so much for having me. Of course, you're welcome anytime. And for y'all listening out there, thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure to subscribe, rate us, give us some five stars. That'd be kind of fun, kind of cute, quirky. And we will see you the next episode. Much love. Bye. Bye.